Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's hard, suck, but it's also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's, you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the wind. And then you aim high, you play the wind. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. You brought this up. Yeah. It's because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Buy. Ooh, it's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but yep. they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year we're going to be running the Mission Platform or the EDP Platform, the EDP. depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah, nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go yep. check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was it's a big because part. of Prime shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus Four. I'm shooting the Nexus Two this year. Go check them out. G5Prime.com. Jim and Georgia from Bivouac Bow Co. make some beautiful bows. Everything from three-piece takedowns to one-piece wood bows. Uh, everything's really beautiful. Made in Michigan. Go check them out. BivouacBowCo.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared you do tend to get lost. A lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> It's an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids. And you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have, you can download them onto the HuntWise platform. So you're not, you can, give you it a try. can just hit the ground. And you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and like I had to shoot a different arrow, would I shoot Vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a – And then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, VectorCustomShop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. I will. What's going on, guys? I want my money back. Yeah, dude, you got a jacked up sin Sinai. Is that multiple uh, plural of sinuses? Sinus. Sinus. Well, I was just I was just telling James I started using this that Navage device to I don't know pump out all the crap. People don't know what this is. This is not common knowledge. I I can't say I've ever heard of that. See, I'm the only one. Yeah, you're make. I don't know, like how how would every the Navage? Did you call it Navage? Navage. Yeah, dude. It's, no. I don't know. It pumps hey, it in one side of your nose. You just got to spread the word, man. Get everybody else on board. I'm wonder, beginning to wonder if you've got some sort of side sponsorship deal, Jared, with the Navage company. You have to say the name 50 times in an episode and you get your money. Navage. The opening Navage. ad. Yeah, yeah right. right. Brought to you by. For the next eight minutes, we're going to tell you about the benefits of Navage. Yep. Well, Will, thank you for coming on. Uh, and, uh, putting up with our nonsense to begin the podcast. 
No, I love it. I love this stuff. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. You know, we appreciate you coming on. And I have a, a lot of things that I want to ask you about. But for people who aren't aware of maybe what even the NFL is, like, what do you do? What's your job? I'm the place kicker for the New Orleans Saints. Um, currently on IR. Mm-hmm. I'm injured. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been here for this is my sixth season. We had a good, good first five years. And now I'm just sitting here kind of waiting for next year you uh your core muscle injury correct it's um sports hernia core muscle you know basically the definition of a sports hernia is a um explosive rotational movement and you can pretty much put that as a definition of kicking too right so it's it's tough to avoid it yeah there's not much you know we usually get one or two kickers a year this happens too and you know unfortunately i was the, the unlucky one this year You'd have surgery. I'd have two. Uh, we had one. Uh, we used Dr. Myers. He's the best up in Philadelphia. Is the best in the world at this. He's created his own technique. But unfortunately, there's a little bit. You know, it's kind of like an 85% success rate. And unfortunately, after my first one, I was part of the 15% unsuccessful rate. So I I rehad for shoot 13 weeks. Thought I was getting cleared to play about week six of of the season and I went up there to get cleared and surgery didn't even work. So we had to do it again. When was your first surgery? I had my first surgery two weeks into training camp. So late July, early August. Yeah. Well, I noticed you weren't sick or you weren't hurt uh, in 2020 against the bears, but uh, you know, we don't have to talk about that or anything. It's <laughs> that, not was like I'm a, bears uh, that was a fun game. That's I doinked that upright too. So I, there's, some you did, but you came back. Yeah, I was I'm, doinking around going around in Chicago. I, I was going to say, yeah, easy with the word doink. That's uh, Man, that's the hardest place to kick. There's no doubt about it. Is it really? I, I got the last laugh in that game. That's you, for sure. you did. I, I didn't love it at the time, but right now I'm happy about it. You know, we, can, we can share a laugh. It's behind us. So you, you're an NFL kicker. We, we, I can't say we've had an NFL kicker on the show, especially one that uh, hunts, which is kind of how we got connected. Um, so, I mean, you, you've, got, you've had a career in football. According to Wikipedia, you played soccer and football, right? And some cross country. Those are kind of fall sports. Um, you know, how'd you find, t- did you hunt at all then? Or were you like, were so you I, just I grew up hunting. I hunted more then than I do now because, you know, unfortunately football, NFL football perfectly overlaps with hunting season, rifle, yeah. bow, everything. Um, so if you're on a good team and, you know, in Georgia, hunting season, when I grew up, hunting season only went till January 1st. So it doesn't matter. I'm not going to get to hunt. Now, in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, where I've been hunting lately, it goes till February uh, 1st. So I've, I've gotten kind of lucky, but the Saints are so darn good that we make a, we make a playoff run every year. And I, only, I usually only get one in a year, but flexing you know, right now. silver yeah, lining for this injury, yeah. finally get to hunt a little. <laughs> so you've been hunting more this year. Yeah, we, we, I've gotten out there shoot probably four or five times this month. And uh, I can get another four or five more in this year. Awesome. Yeah, you know, I was, I was thinking about that. The Alabama season is, is interesting. It's fairly close. And it's like, uh, I mean, we, we've talked about it, I think, what, last episode, two episodes yep. ago. Yep. Uh, a guy in, in Alabama is like, that's when the hunting actually like gets good, uh, like January, the year. which is sweet. Yeah, that was always kind of tough in Georgia. You know, the 
hunting season ends January 1st and that's when it starts getting cold. So, you know, you kind of have a short rut there that you got to take advantage of. And, you know, that's kind of some years are good. Some years aren't just because it doesn't get cold sometimes in December there. And especially our, our property in, in Georgia was down in South Georgia. So it, um, I mean, there'd be some years you never really even got a, a true rut. So, um, being here where it still doesn't really get that cold, but at least you get a, you get a couple weekends where you get some frost on the ground, get some yeah. freezes where you can uh, get out there and take advantage of it. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I can appreciate that. You, but when I think of Georgia though, and kind of your down, uh, you, you mentioned growing up in Georgia, um, fishing was like, comes to mind most of all. I feel like, did you fit, do a lot of fishing down there? Yeah, prime fishing in some of those lakes. I mean, you get up into North Georgia, it's a little tougher fishing because there's clear water up there, but, um, man it's that's good stuff up there you bass fishing yeah all largemouth uh we have some fun with some trout we got good trout fishing in north georgia which is actually where my parents live up above lake burden um yeah. i'm not sure if y'all are familiar with that but there's some some really good fishing up there yeah that's jared and i did have bass done a lot of bass fishing probably as much as we've actually hunted together uh, i would say that's pretty fair would you say so because there were summers in college where you know, I mean, we did a lot of hunting, but li literally every single day, I would think we went out and bass yeah. fished. Yeah. We tried all the lures. Like we had one summer where we like cycled through literally every lure we could find just testing everything. And yeah, like all these fishing reports at the end of the day, the hard part's finding the dang things. I mean, right. Look, if you right. find a hungry fish, they're going to eat something. So, you know, you exactly. got to try everything until something works. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's always fun. Like I, I always will try you know, random stuff, but I've come back to the, the tried and true Gary Yamamoto four inch worm on a blood red hook. <laughs> I hook it up to be weedless and I feel like it's just tried and true. It never fails. We have a lot of, we have a lot of rocky bottoms in North Georgia. So, you know, brand wise, I'm not, I don't really remember what we use, but watermelon four inch worm with a shaky head on it. Oh yeah. It man. doesn't matter what time of year you're going to catch fish. Just doesn't just matter of how big they are. The, the real question is the flex in your uh your watermelon color like are you red like because i had a specific fleck color yeah that that red or the, the chartreuse yeah 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 you love to hear it um so yeah so you guys so it, hunting is a uh like pretty pretty big deal down there like if, did you hunt as a kid how'd you get into it your parents your dad hunt that's usually how how it goes yeah, my dad was a, my dad went to the University of Georgia. He was an agriculture major there. So kind of everywhere, he was a hog farmer. So everywhere we went, there was always property because, you're, right. you know, we're living on a farm. And so, you know, he grew up doing it. Um, my brother was really never interested. So that was kind of our, our bonding was, was hunting. And so um, we never had really prime property or anything, but, you know, we really fell in love with getting out there and, you know, we, we weren't really able to kind of, um, grow the deer necessary net per se, but, you know, we got to go out there and we got to kill a couple deer a year and, um, shoot, I probably did that from 10 to 10 to now. And, um, you know, now I get to pay for it. I take my dad hunting a lot. So, um, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time and I'm very fortunate to have, um, a lot of property at my disposal to kind of mooch off some buddies and, um, you know, we, we were hunting on a hog farm, not necessarily hunting on, uh, property, but, uh, we kind of made do with what we had. 
Oh yeah. You're getting a deer. Yeah. I, I like to think I was a mentor for Jared as he, uh, grew in his hunting time. <laughs> he says that all the time. Every self-proclaimed time. mentor. I just kind of yeah. walked him down the path and, uh, showed him a thing or two, uh, showed him where to sit in the woods, how to play the wind, you know, hey, stuff like that. Everybody needs one. Everybody Every, needs one. It's okay. Everybody needs a Mr. Miyagi and I'm happy <laughs> to be that guy. Well, I don't need it from you either. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From James. All right. <laughs> now you went to will you went to uh georgia state right correct right in the heart of atlanta yeah there's is there any uh family feud with your dad being from uh university of georgia and you being at georgia no state? i mean unfortunately georgia state's not much of a rival for anyone <laughs> that's fair that's you know, fair. our rival our rival is georgia southern and so gotcha. we were we're division one but we're you know power five is what you, yeah. I mean, a uh, mid-major is what you call it. And our group of five, I think is what they call it now. So we were in the Sun Belt. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, I went there and, you know, I think there's actually, you know, I live, it was a concrete jungle. I mean, there's nowhere to hunt up there, but now there's podcasts about all these suburban deer and uh, suburban hunting. and Big deer uh, down there, man. Yeah. It, it's wild because you never think of it like that, right? Like you got to go down to the sticks is what you grew up thinking. And then now people are hunting right outside office buildings and shooting monsters. Everybody knows the yard deer are the biggest. Yeah. Like those no seek pleasure. one, seek, seek one, one, I think yeah. it is. They, they make it look like they're just 200 inch deer running around everywhere in Atlanta. Yeah, it's wild, man. It's, it's like the biggest deer I've ever seen. And I've been hunting those things my whole life. And they're right outside of my classroom building. Right. Man, if I was smarter, you know, I would have been hunting there the whole time. But yeah, no, I know how that goes. So you're in rehab. Does that mean you're, you're able to do like, are you, training like daily are you still able to do you know your kick kicking drills and stuff like that yeah i'm finally kind of getting back to normal um like i said i kind of ramped up i started kicking uh before the second surgery um but now i'm kind of you know 20 weeks later i'm starting to feel pretty normal i've kind of you know it's hard because it's a core injury and kind of everything you do involves your core and so it's been hard to train, but I'm finally lifting again. I'm kind of, I'm finally running again, and we're kicking a soccer ball right now, kind of transitioning into kicking the oval ball a little more. But um, is a soccer ball helpful? Does that is that easier to kick well, or easier on you? It's hard for me to kick a football at like forty percent because you know it's hard. It won't leave the ground, and you won't get the flight you want. Right. I just get frustrated. So when I kick a soccer ball, I can pass it a little bit. I can. You kind of use the inside of my foot, the outside of my foot to kind of rebuild those small muscles that they went in and kind of tore up a little. Yeah. We start with that. And we did this last time as well. So probably start kicking a football here in a couple of weeks, get a head start on the off season. Yeah. You got to be ready. Um, so soccer, what, what position did you play? I was center back. Soccer is my first love by far. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, that's how Jared and I met you. You were, so you're defense. Yeah. Yeah, my brother was the goalkeeper, and I was center back growing up, so we kind of had a little little duo going there. Yeah, you love that. Jared was defense. I feel like you put the guy on defense who can't really handle the ball well. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> it was for me. You also put the guy there, on defense bigger body. to control the whole game. So That's okay. right. Yeah. You, you see a lot more playing time on defense, it seems like. You're, you're, you're back in a, a lot. That's right. Um, so I, this is a weird question, um, but I was thinking about you and, and training, right? And so I, I, I know like drills for other sports, right? But I, I was like, I mean, what drills do you do for kicking? Like, are you, 
are you just kicking like situational spots? Are you doing weird things from like corners or anything like like Madden esque no, type I mean, drills? At the end of the day, the only kicks we're gonna have are between the hashes. You know, there's no situation where they're gonna make me kick from the sideline. Right. So with the NFL hashes and NFL uprights, you know, every kick's almost a straight kick. Right. Um, so it's nothing crazy to it. I mean, you know, the the most important thing that we work on is contact and. Um, you know, there's ways that, you know, we have things called no steps, one steps, three steps. So, you know, you're trying to break down your three-step swing into to smaller swings to really hone in on the contact. But, you know, that's really it. You kind of work on, you know, getting the ball up as quick as possible because, you know, you got six-foot-five guys eight yards in front of you jumping. So, you know, ideally you want the ball about ten feet off the ground when you yeah. kind of get to that line of scrimmage. So, you know, we work on little things to – to get better at that but at the end of the day it's you know just kind of honing in on your your skill of just this technique that we've perfected for so long um you don't really stray away from that easier to kick in, in uh college or in the nfl man i think the nfl because you know getting to the nfl is hard right because you got 500 kids vying for the, these 32 jobs every year but in college, your hashes are double width. Right. And the long snapper is usually not that great. And your holder is usually a position player. Right. So, man, I remember in college, my long snapper was the O lineman who had, I pretty much picked him out each game. It's like, oh, yeah. I'll take that guy. You know, it's, just, it's like, <laughs> you never knew what you were going to get. Well, now I'm with these two guys that I work with every single day. And I've been with, with the two guys. So I was with, you know, we have Zach Wood. He's, he's, he's been with me for five years. We had Thomas Morissette, who was a 12-year legend, and we, we just lost him. But now we got another guy who's come in and, and done a great job. So I got to work with Zach and Thomas for five straight years. And so we really started to, to learn each other and just that, that comfort, right? In college, right. I had a different guy every three games. So, you were just kind of as a crapshoot. Box of chocolate. Freaking spraying <laughs> and spraying. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, you uh you you do kickoffs right yeah i do kickoffs and field goals and that and that's how it is most of the time until you get a little yeah. older kickoffs a little harsher on your body is that why is that how they decide sometimes like you get you get a kicker who doesn't do kickoffs that's age mostly usually it's age if you want to make it into the nfl you got to be able to take that load off um you know it's very rare you see a, a young kicker come in and not kick off because just strictly because of value sure right yeah it makes total sense cost per play bang for your buck yeah yeah um so you got any hits you're especially proud of somebody break through on a kickoff and you just lay the wood oh my god i don't think i've i've been laid out quite a few times <laughs> um man i had one time i think it was uh tyler lockett he came through the yeah. hole and i was like you know what i'm gonna do this and i went in pretty good and i was like man i got him and then i went and watched film and he got me did he <laughs> i mean it's crazy. You see these guys on TV and you're like, they're not that big. When you meet one in a, when you meet one six feet away from you running full speed through a hole, they're a lot bigger. <laughs> they're so fast. This we had this this Cordero Patterson guy. He's probably arguably one of the better returners in the league. I mean, he's yeah, six yeah. five. Love him. Six five, two thirty. They don't make returners like that. And he's taking two back on me. And I yeah. mean, that's just a business decision. You say, I'll, I'll see you next time. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to yeah, – that is a long-term business decision. Yeah. <laughs> the return on investment is low. I'm 5'11", 180. I run a 5'10", 
he was in the Bears for a while. That dude is he's yeah, he's, he's legit he's, like a running back. back on me in college and we, we went to the Pro Bowl together. And every time I see him, it's just like, man, I just you're the most terrifying guy I play against. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, all right. So do you, you do do you do a lot of bow hunting growing up too, or are you strictly gun? I was strictly rifle growing up. Um, but I've done it so much that I kind of wanted a challenge and um, I've kind of held off on getting a bow until this year, actually, just because I'm finally able to use it. Yeah. I'm addicted to it now. I haven't even got my first deer and I'm just like, I've missed two. I mean, I'm, I'm begging, but man, I'm addicted to it. I haven't killed anything yet. Well, if you want any advice about what it's like to miss a bunch of deer, you can, I mean, Jared, just Jerry can help you with that. Hey, well, you, you said you taught him everything. So that's, good. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, that's right. right? I'll do the things that he does right. <laughs> that whole gym. Yeah, I'm self-taught, so I can only blame myself. That's right. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's great. Uh, well, cause, okay. So you're, you're relatively new to archery, you, but okay. So how are you at like 40 yards? I'm it, look, a, a target that's not moving. I'm perfect. You're perfect. All right. So how about this? A target at 40 yards or practice situation, 40 yard kick just in, in the dome. What's, what's more like a hard shot or straight down the pipes? As in which one's harder? Which one do you feel more confident in? Oh, 40, 40 yards. Uh, All right. Field goal. Kick, field goal. All right. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. add, this is, this is an e- that was an easy one. Yeah. It's going to get harder, right? Be okay. professional one thing, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. So, okay. <laughs> so how about this? Uh, it's Lambeau field middle of november it's some sideways snow you know maybe 10 mile an hour wind from your left to your right 40 yards and then uh compared to a again a target with your bow at 40 yards inside what do you feel more confident in i'm three for three in my career at lambo so i gotta strictly go off statistics here uh, all right so i gotta go with that but if it's you're telling close. me it's sideways wind and snow, I'm probably going to tell coach I don't want to go out there. So, do you have a do you have a go. say in that? Are you like, no, I'm not going? No, not at all. <laughs> he, you know, he can he he sees it in my face. Yeah. You know? Does he really? Uh, he just checks you out and like sees if you're shook or not, or what's he looking for? We we go through warm ups, right? And I haven't close. You know, there's only one of us, so it's not like you can choose which one he wants to kick that day. And, Right. I go up to him every pregame, whether it's in the dome or it's in a frozen tundra, and say, this is what I got. Yeah. And if he – you know, there's been games where I say, Coach, Chicago, for example, I'm, I got 50 yards max going that way. Yeah. Okay, he's not going to call anything more than 50. And if it's at 50, he's going to look at me. And I have a pretty good confidence about myself. I'll kind of start walking out there. If, yeah, if, sure, uh, just put yourself in. I'm good. But there's some kicks where I just kind of – hang back and wait to see what he said just hide i jared yeah. did a lot of that in soccer too when it was a bad situation he's hiding you know Dude, on yeah. the bench you know no, very I'm getting, well i'm getting pretty good at, at shooting a bow I, I mean i got i got confidence at a, at a still target right now now i just got to get one yeah the hardest part's getting them close man i'm i'm really have you know I've, i got good good hunting property that my buddies let me on now but it's hard getting them inside 40 it is it is, is, and that, get is, that, is that your is that your comfortable max range kind of like 40 yards yeah, I mean, I would take if, – if I see something big enough worth worth taking a shot, I'll, I'll do something past 40, but there's no telling what's going to happen. A common saying on our podcast is, for those shots that are a little long, what do you do, Jared? You aim high and you play the wind. Yeah, I aim high and you play the wind. I mean, 
There's no better archery advice than that right there Sounds for like a long shot. <laughs> All you got to do, man. <laughs> but no, the two I've missed have been right at 40. And it's just nice like, deer. Just not meant to be. Were they nice deer or are they uh, does? Uh, one or was a doe and one, when one was a, you know, an eight point coal buck that, you know, they just kind of wanted out of there. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about the coal buck. Mm-hmm. Meets me. Yeah. You know, I, if anybody ever, any of the listeners ever have coal bucks that they want help with me and Jared are you guys We're, oh, we're yes. above that. Yeah. We will call. <laughs> uh, and I want to revise what I said, Jared, you know, I like to make fun of you on the podcast, but you never would hide game on the line behind the bench. You would never have done that. I was, it was a joke. That's not who Jared is. <laughs> you know, believe, he's a bad dude. I believe I took a, I didn't take a, well, yeah, I did. I almost took kickoff coast to coast you did. Defense by myself. Yeah. You, you, you love to see a defender. Just take it. <laughs> Go hard sometimes, but you know what? Um, yeah, it works out sometimes and it doesn't work out, but, um, how have you, I guess with our talking back to archery, I know we're bouncing back and forth between football and archery. It's not every day we get to talk to an NFL player, but, uh, so we're going to, we're going to shoot the questions we want as we can. Um, I'm ready. I'm, yeah. I haven't got a lot this year, so good, 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 good. <laughs> um, so one thing that we always advise, uh, people who are new to bow hunting, especially is to establish a good shot sequence, right? And especially in archery, you want to do things the exact same way every time during a shot, which I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, going through the sequence of your kicking, you know, you can, I mean, you can really apply that both ways, but have you, is there anyone mentoring you? I know you said you're self-taught, but is there anyone mentoring you in this process of being a new bow hunter? I'm not self Um, So the guy, my buddy who got me into it is the guy who has the property up in Fort Gibson, Mississippi. Um, man, he's been, he only lives a couple miles away from me. So he comes over every other day and we shoot and shoot and shoot. And, um, he sat next, he, he videoed one of the ones I missed. He, he sat next to me and kind of, you know, kind of helped me through everything. And I rely on him and his brother, um, they're addicts to it. And they're two really good people to, man, they, they've got my setup flawless. Now I just got to get one. I mean, they tell me everything from arrows to attachments to the bow I bought. I mean, they've done everything for me. So, um, yeah, they, they've kind of guided me along my short journey. Sure. Sure. So you, do you have, you, you have a ritual when it comes to your kicks? Like you got every, every kick you do a certain special something like your will touch before your, your kick. Yeah. You know, I kind of, I walk out there and sometimes I piss his coach out, piss his coach off because he wants me to kind of get a little pet in my step, but sure. I kind of walk out there to stay calm. Right. And you know, I'll give you an example in, in our, in our Superdome in the, in the New Orleans Superdome. Yeah. Um, we have a Florida Lee right between the uprights. Mm-hmm. So when Morstead was our holder, there's an old saying that Sean Payton said to Garrett Harley when he kicked the, the, the kick to send him to the Super Bowl in 2009. He said, you see that Florida Lee hit it and they're mic'd up. And so I've kind of, you know, that's his legend. That's not my legend. You know, I, you know, I kind of want to create my own self. Right. But at the same yeah. time, there's a Florida Lee smack in the middle of the uprights. And that was kind of a historical saying in the Saints history. So I tell that to myself every time I go out there and you, whether it's from the left hash, right hash or middle, it's kind of in the middle of the upright. So I go, and it's perfect. It's the perfect height. It's right at the top of the upright. It's not too high, not too low. 
So I would look at more sin and say, I'm going to hit that floor Lee. And, um, you know, kind of go, I go, I walk out there, I do a leg swing. I say that to him and I visualize it at three points. I visualize it when I stand over my spot, which is where I'm going to have him put the ball. Yeah. I take three steps back. I visualize it there. I take two steps over and then I visualize it there. Visualization, visualization is huge for what we do. Same with hunting. Yeah. Um, and so that's my technique every time. There's nothing crazy to it. Some guys have a lot more than that. I try to keep it as simple as possible. Um, but, you know, I have my cues and it's kind of what I've used my whole career. Sure. You know, you need like the Jeff Horn. Remember Jeff Hornacek? You ever watch the the, the Utah Jazz? Every every uh, time he shoot a free throw, you like rub his face or, you know, all those like yeah. weird I tell you things. what, those basketball players have perfected routine. I don't know. Yeah. They, all, they do it perfectly every single time. Yeah. I mean, you got to get, especially for a free throw, you just got it. It's that repeatable motion. So visual, yeah, you say, you said, yeah, 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 exactly. So you said visualization. Um, why is that important? What does that do? How does that put you in the right mindset? Because that's something I think about a lot, especially, uh, you know, in that moment where say this monster buck walks out and you are like, you're shaking like a leaf, like you're there's your yeah. adrenaline's pumping, you know, it's got to be very similar to, to a kick. So why are you visualizing? So for me, it's confidence, confidence, right. And, you know, in hunting terms, you got to see that arrow go through the deer or see the bullet go through the deer before you do it, or there's zero confidence in what you're doing. And so for me, I've kicked, I mean, the NFL, I've kicked 150 field goals or something like that. I don't know the exact stat, but I've seen a ball go in a lot, right? I've seen yeah. a ball go through the upright so many times. Now I'm to the point that I can look up at the upright and see that ball go through in my mind. And if for some reason, when I look up and I don't see that ball go in, well, then that's not good, right? The confidence isn't where it needs to be. So time me, out. Yeah, time <laughs> out, coach. <laughs> we need to go for it. Go for it on fourth down. So for me, that visualization as I'm walking out there reminds me that, I'm supposed to be here. I've done this 150 times, right? It's just one more time. And so, you know, there's in the off season, we all get together, we all train together. And there's a couple guys who have actually, once they leave their first step, they do not look back up. And that's kind of an argument between the specialists in the league right now. I look up three times and this guy doesn't look up one time. And I'm like, I don't understand how you do that. What you mean before it, he kicks, he keeps his head down? No, so like, like I just told you, I look up at my spot, yeah, three times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So when he stands over his spot, he he picks his target, but once he looks down, he will not look again. Really. And that drives me crazy. So I'm not going to name names, but it drives me crazy. But it works for some people, and it doesn't work. I've tried it. I've tried leaving my spot and taking my yeah. first step and being like, "All right, don't look, don't look," and I'll just shake it. Yeah, right. totally. So that shows me how important visual visualization. It's the second time I've messed that up. Visualization <laughs> is because if I don't do it, then I'm not at the top of my game. Well, and it messes you. It messes you up. That would mess me up to not look, especially it's like know, don't look. Do there's, there's a handful of guys who do it, and I'll never be able to do it. I feel like part of it though is changing it. Then you're focused on focused on the thing that you're doing different, and then you're for sure gonna miss. Yeah. Like good good example this year, I had. I told the story, I think, but I had a really nice, I had my recurve, my recurve. Uh, and so there, as you can imagine, compared to a compound bow, the recurve bow 
with no sights has there's a lot of uh this kind of thing that goes into it so a lot of shot sequence a lot of things every single step you do you're thinking about something different and you know you do it right so um you talk about the importance of that this buck came out and i just was not ready i didn't hear it coming i turned around and i'm just like holy it's like it's right there right I, I wait for it to come out and um on a recurve uh obviously there's no draw stop so technically you could keep pulling that bow back right mm-hmm. uh, what they make are these things called clickety clickers uh and so basically when you hit your pinnacle of your draw or whatever your 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 spot should be it just clicks a little bit and okay. oftentimes you you silence that because i and so you can only feel it on your palm the deer can't hear it but i did not do that going into the season i just wasn't thinking about it so i i do it and typically it's like a psycho trigger. I hit that and almost instinctively just let go. Like I just kind of execute the, the back end of my release when I, uh, when that happens. Well, just so having this time I do it, I, I, he's at 18 yards, this buck, you know, it's, it's this beautiful for Michigan. It's like 130 some class buck. So it's not like a giant by any standards, but like where we are, I'd be like, just loving it, especially with the recurve. So he pops out. I get drawn back and I hit my anchor, hit my, hit my farthest point, And you hear that click off. And he's just like, just, he just, we locked eyes. And I'm like, oh, so. warning. yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh no. So I'm like holding this bow back, which has no let off. And I'm like, all right, just steady. You know, you're ready to hit your anchor. Now you have to wait and then shoot. What are you pulling those recurves back at? Like, I know you said that there's no set weight, but like, what is, yeah. I've never shot a recurve. I've shot a bow 500 yeah. times. I've never shot a recurve. So my bow right now is, so they measured at, so like X pounds at this many inches. So I draw probably 28, 20, 28 and a half with a recurve, uh, drawback. And so at that point it's like 50 pounds, right? So not a compound bow. You're probably shooting 60, 70 pounds, somewhere in there. So you're kind of shooting 20 yards every time. Like you're not, you're not pushing it to that 40, 50 yard range with it. In practice I am. Uh, yeah. but not on a deer. Oh, yeah. Like I, I shot one deer at like 28 was my longest with, and then like squirrels were at 40, but that's just lob and arrows, you know? Um, yeah, that sounds, that's a pretty talented there. Yeah. It's, well, that's just, it. you shoot a bunch and you eventually you're going to get lucky enough to hit one, you know, a lot yeah. of arrows lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never been one to not send it. Just know that. <laughs> so anyway, so I pull back and he clicks and I have to wait, right. He puts his head down and like, typically if I was shooting in my backyard, I mean, it's still 18 yards. It should be the easiest shot in the world. But because I had to pause and not release immediately, which probably is a problem with a reason I shouldn't be using the clicker. It's probably messed me up, but I wasn't flexible in my shot enough to be able to like compose myself and then just execute the rest of my shot like I should and shot right. I mean, right over his back. Like it was just like slow motion watching the arrow just, just go right over the back from at 18 yards, like first set of the year. Uh, but you know, going, going to what you said, I mean, having this, uh, consistent practice that you're doing every time and, and thinking about it, visualizing at that point, like when he heard the click and he looked at me, I am shaking like a leaf, dude. That's I hate you don't practice, right? Like you don't practice it. Like, right. Oh shoot. Now I got to hold this thing here for seven seconds. Yeah. You know, all you and do is like, pull back and pop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's things you can't practice. You can't practice. And that, that's why I asked earlier about, you know, I mean, for kicking you're between two hashes so it makes sense to be practiced within those hashes but that's that's why that's why i asked that uh, like whether you guys try to anticipate weather or, or you know yeah angles i mean there's elements you gotta anticipate just like with anything and then there's yeah. 
there's the ice in the kicker timeout that you kind of have. Does to that mess you up? I was going to ask that. Personally, here's my, my opinion is never give a kicker a second kick. So the guys, who, when they call, when they call timeout after you kick it, or like, you know, they call timeout simultaneous. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world sure. because 99% of professional kickers, it's a practice kick. It's like, I just felt it off my foot, whether you make it or miss it. Now I, I know what it I feels like. I put my money on all 32 kickers and make the second one. Yeah. Hmm. Now, if you're out there and you have three timeouts and it's the frozen tundra you're talking about, and they use all three timeouts and I'm standing in the middle of the field for three minutes, okay, that's literally icing the kicker like I'm cold. You're cold. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I'm in a dome. If you want to make me stand out there for three minutes, it doesn't really – You don't get, me. like, shook. Your head, no, that doesn't get in your head at all. No, it's kind of a challenge to me. I, I You know, I've been iced a few times. We haven't – I wouldn't say a lot, but – I'm not sure I've ever missed coming off of a timeout, knock on wood. I'm trying to think. I don't think I have. I just think it's, you know, we, we go through this enough standing around an extra 20 seconds. Is it going to yeah. change anything? So uh, that, that reminds me of another question I've had for you. So a, a thing that people in archery, uh, especially like professionals will get after like a long time, after practicing extensively shooting a lot. Um, and this is actually probably why I got it before Jared did. Uh, Cause I shoot more Jared, uh, but they get like, not the yips. I, I mean, it's the archery form of the yips It's called target panic where it's like, you're right when you're about to shoot for some reason, you cannot put your pin on where you're aiming. Like your brain puts it off for me. I had it and I, I could not not put it above the thing I was aiming at. Like I would send it four inches high every single time to the point where for a while when it was really bad, I would just move my sights. I just adjusted my sights for it, which is not the way you want to live your life. Um, <laughs> do, do, do kickers have something like, are there, is that yips real? Is, are we even allowed to talk about it? Or is that like, you know, you're not allowed to say the word. Well, I'm not playing this year. So I guess we can talk about it. Um, as far as yips goes, I think that's, it's just a lack of confidence, right? Like, you can hit these little ruts where it's like, I mean, shoot last year, last year statistically was my worst year, which it was 83%, not awful, but that's my worst career. My, that's my worst year. And everything I missed came in three weeks. I missed, I missed four kicks in three weeks. So mm. to say it like, yeah, from the outside looking in, I guess the yips is the term, correct? Yeah. But all it is is in those three weeks, I had not seen a kick go through the uprights and that's, and that's hard, right? Mm -hmm the longer you go without seeing a kick go through the uprights, the harder it is to have confidence in making the kick. So yips wise, I would like to say I've never had the yips, but I have had things, certain scenarios I've had to work through. How do you and, work through them? Man, it's. You get to walk like Conor McGregor and just kind of yeah, drive around. That's what it is. That's what you it know? is. It's just got to reinstill the confidence. But I mean, that's really it. It's like, yeah, I had a rough go, but. I've had five years of being a top kicker in this league and yeah. a couple of weeks aren't going to, isn't going to change that. And so, you know, that's where the mental side of it comes in that a lot of guys struggle with. And it's like, to me, if I miss a couple of kicks at the end of the day, it's, you know, we're human and yeah. um, I've done it. I've done it long enough that I'm going to get out of it. You know that you're, you can, you can work your way out of it. You've done, how long have you kicked? Like when did you start? I started kicking my junior year in high school. Okay. They uh, pulled you off the soccer team or something? Yeah, I was a soccer player, and my brother actually started kicking. My brother's two years older than me, so he started kicking, and, you know, being a little brother, I wanted to beat him at everything. So right. I joined the team, too, and, um, man, I was I had all these soccer scholarships, and I have a single football scholarship, 
and I just realized like I'm too lazy to play soccer. There's no way I'm playing college soccer and walked onto the football team. I fell in love with it. Really walked right on. That's all. Yeah. Awesome. It's a lot, you know, soccer is a lot. College soccer is a lot of, of stuff. Yeah. And there's not much, not much future in America. Uh, not much. You're not there. like yeah. destined for, uh, you're not Ronaldo out there. That's for sure. No, I know. That's well, it's, it's interesting. You say, I mean, you've done that. You, you went from joining, uh, you know, junior to being a pro bowler, what, what 2019, I think. And yeah. a, a fact that I pulled, and you might know this, you probably know it, but I was not sure if you did, you were the first person ever to score points in Las Vegas in an NFL game. So I did not know that until a week later. Some okay. buddies just said trivia question for you. Who was the first guy to score points? And it took me, I was like, well, I don't know. I don't pay attention to this stuff. And then I yeah. realized like, wait a second, we were the first game in Las Vegas Stadium <laughs> and I scored the first points of the game. Yeah, so. that's sweet. That's good, baby. <laughs> game ball. That's it. That's going to be trivia in like 2035. When that's I'm right. Retired. Like, so keep that one in the back of your head. Yeah, just kind of save that for a rainy day. When Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is running Jeopardy, that's going to be on there. I know. <laughs> he just smoked the Bears last night. Don't like to see that. Yeah, that's right. That's a touchy subject. Too. <laughs> I'm sick of him. He does own the Bears. <laughs> he really does. Buy like a little, like a 1% stake in the Bears when he's done playing. I know. That would be uh, <laughs> that would be hilarious. And I would hate it at the same time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've, I've been watching um, – uh hawkeye you know the show hawkeye so i'm not on it a bunch of people have been raving about it yeah and, uh, i'm so caught up in yellowstone right now that i'm oh, not yeah. okay. started watching anything else that's next on my list yellowstone but you know who hawkeye is the avenger yeah, I do. Yep. right he's got this natural ability to aim right so his he was some kind of special forces guy uh special training his like he can shoot an arrow really effectively and like aim really well but like in the show he's like flicking dimes and stuff and just like he can aim do you yeah. feel like you have a unique ability to aim because you're kicking like like because you're a good kicker you can just naturally be a better shot with I'm a ball deep here jim right um, i think that the best attribute that transfers from kicking to to bow hunting or rifle hunting is breeding right like, okay you know buck fever is real Right. So when I walk out for a kick versus when a buck comes out, I can be able to control my breathing or yeah. that the shaking, especially with a bow, right. You can't miss with, with a 30 odd six that I hunt with, yeah. I can miss a little and it's going to drop it. Well, yeah. with a bow, if you can't control your breathing, you know, you're up here and you're doing this right here, <laughs> you got no chance. So that's what I would say relates to it most is I can kind of keep my heart rate, heart rate low as a, as a monster walks out. Uh, which obviously I can't because I'm, I'm 0 for 2. Right. But, well, just, but yeah, but be, best out of three. Like, you got to, you yeah. get one more, you get one more shot this one year. One for, for three sure. is not good in my industry either. So, we gotta... no, it's really not. Jared, though, <laughs> how do you, have you been one for three ever, Jared? Um, that's a good question. No. I'll, I'll, let me reflect on that a little bit. You should reflect on that. Like, it's humbling. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. it is. Well, well are, yeah. you, are you the type of kicker that'll, use the uh smelling salt and then just like flick it down no right, you know there's you only go. a few there's only a few guys and they all have something i think it's like guskowski does it jake elliott does it uh, mm. i think prater does it and all those guys are like oh, super prater. twitchy like very much like quick twitch guys and they're kind of like they're hard to kind of i'm not gonna say they're hard to talk to because i like all of them but they're very twitchy guys if that makes sense so like <laughs> i don't know if there's if there's something to that 
because and then Tucker does it too, and he's the same way. He's very kind of like all over the place. Yeah, I'm a very calm guy, so I don't know if I want to be sniffing salts before I kick. Is that supposed to I like jack him up? Like what is? I, I tried it on a kickoff once, and it was like, oh, that was awesome. And I, and I do it before games, but I've never done it before a field goal because I don't. I don't know. I don't want to get jacked up before a field goal. You got to stay calm. Yeah. Now kickoffs. You know, it's funny because. Like I said, there's a few guys who do a kickoff. So I'll go out and all of a sudden the kickoff spot for the game, there's like four or five in the way, four or five of these little smelling salts. And I'm like, all right, I look over to the guy, you know, we're all friends. Right. And I'm like, and I'll, and I'll toss one over him and get it out of the way. I kind of as a joke. Yeah. But you know, maybe they're onto something because all, all those guys are pretty talented kickers. They're pretty good. I mean, a little extra juice, just a little extra That's like right. NOS in the tank. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff works. I use it for working out. I, I love it, but I haven't gotten to the, to the kicking side of it. What do you think about using it for bow hunting? I was going to say, Jared, you get just jacked up. What does it do? Does it just like, it's a really strong smell, right? It burns. Like it stings. It kind of goes through. So like, imagine seeing You see it, this deer, you're about to start calling in this deer from like 60 yards away. And you're like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just snore. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like in that moment the amount of time it would take for me to fumble around and grab that thing out smell it and either put it back <laughs> in my pocket there you go or you gotta hold it on your thumb ground. i think i saw it in the movies is that, are we talking about the same thing smell yeah, i don't know salt, this right? this might start getting carried away yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just gotta realize really, where i went with that when yeah I, you got a really long pinky nail that's involved somehow <laughs> yeah yeah Here comes random bill. drug tests yeah no, that's funny. Uh, yeah, smelling stall. So where, is that what you must ask because of the Lions, Jared, because the Prater does that. Yeah, I mean, I, I miss the dude. And, yes, I am a Lions fan. That guy's a stud. Prater, he's a, he's a monster, man. Unbelievable what he's done in his career. Yeah, we, yeah. we miss him for sure. So you know all the – are you guys, like, on a, a kicker group chat or anything like that? How do you know these guys? We don't have a group chat, but, I mean, a lot of us train together. Um, you know, it's a pretty tight fraternity, if you will. Um, obviously, there's a few guys that – you know, not everyone likes everybody, but, you know, we all clicks. kind of sympathize with each other. We all kind of pull for each other. This yeah. is a safe space, uh, Will. You can, you can, yeah, do, you, do you have like uh, the, the greasers and uh, the, what are the, I, yeah, I can't, I can't drop names, but, <laughs> <laughs> but look, I, I train with a lot of guys, whether I like them or not, because we can all, we can all bounce ideas back and forth. And every, there's only 32 of us. So we're all talented, talented in our own. And so, um, to be able to kind of get with those guys to compete with them. Yeah. And then when you're competing with these guys in the off season, it's cool to cool to play against them. You know, we go through these warmups and, you know, we've kind of been through the gauntlet together and um, it's, re- it's really cool, man. Like it's, you know, I would, I would assume quarterbacks are similar, you know, I don't think anybody pulls for each other to fail. We just sure. pull for each other to succeed. Right. Like exactly. I want to win because I do my job. I don't want to win because, someone goes out there and yeah. misses a field goal right you know? so no, as a that, fan though i'm fine with the other team like any other team but the bears kind of sucking when they play the bears of course of course and right. look, this year not playing sometimes i'm kind of like ah, i hope that guy misses but <laughs> right. it's bad karma <laughs> yeah no that's that's great well, hey, Will, I, I appreciate you coming on. We're coming up on time. Um, like, like I said, I know you're, you're a busy guy, and, and I appreciate you putting up with my messages and uh, 
and get coming on and sharing a little bit about what it's like to be a kicker in the NFL and how that even can translate into uh, archery. It's uh, definitely some things to think about, like visualization and getting your head right, breathing, um, huge, huge deal for, for kicking, huge deal for hunting. It's, it's a cool thing. So appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, in the coming weeks, we wish you a speedy recovery and a, a solid next year. Yeah. Thank you. Hopefully I can, uh, get my first one in here and I'll, uh, we can read, we can do this again. Yeah. Send us pictures. Have a little more knowledge to talk archery. We'll, uh, we'll do it again. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe, you know, it really help us out. Keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five Either star way, if, even if you don't like it, even if you don't like review. it, five stars That'd helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.